everyone. I see a lot of people smiling, and that's great. Um, you know, I was thinking right now when we were worshiping, how good God has been to us this year. I remember that um, when we started the life group, um, the life group has been such a blessing and such a success. Uh, it has there's an, a great amount of people who have visited the life group and lives have been changed. And during this whole year, we didn't cancel not even once. Not even one time we canceled. Okay, we gave a day off, yes. For, uh, for, for Christmas and Thanksgiving, yes, you know, we want to give a day off, but... Uh, even Malathy, sometimes when she had to do something personal, she said she was going to give me her house keys. She never did, but, <laughs> but she lent me the keys one time, and we, we went into that house, and we had the life group without them. And I was thinking about Isaiah, you know, when, when uh, this week as I was reading the scripture, sometimes we don't see the glory of God because we're not willing to go. God is asking. God is moving. There's needs in the community. There's needs in the church. Anyways, that will be for another message. But I am very excited because the life group, we are trying to start about four to five life groups in January. So we're going to continue uh, the life group at Malathi's home. That will be one. Uh, Nomena and Kara are going to be leading another life group. That will be a second life group. I will be leading a life group in Hilda's home. That will be number three. Uh, Bobby and Pina will be leading another life group. That will be four, but in Spanish. So if you guys want to learn Spanish, you are very welcome to come to this life group. We need a Malagasy life group, so hopefully... Some volunteer will pop up, you know, and say, I'll go, send me, send me. Uh, and uh, also Richard, Richard over there. How many of you guys love Richard? One? Two? No, just kidding. No. Uh, so there's about four to five uh, life groups that are going to be opening, and we're just excited. We're just really, really excited. So let's keep that in mind. When we are willing to go, the glory of God goes with us. So today, I want to take you to the book of Psalms, chapter 42. And uh, we have been talking about different emotions, you know, that David and other writers in the book of Psalms have felt. And today, I want to speak a little bit about restlessness. You know, when we still haven't found what we're looking for. Uh, this is a, it's not a specifically a psalm from David. It's actually a psalm that comes from um, the descendants of Korah in the scripture. But I want to read the entire song, and then I'm going to just share with you guys about three points that I hope that you take with you today and that we can live it throughout the week. So the writer says, As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night, 
while people say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. My soul is downcast within me, therefore I will remember you from the land of the Jordan, the heights of Hermon, from Mount Mesar. Deep, deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls, all your waves and breakers have swept over me. By day the Lord directs his love, at night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Let's pray again. Father, I want to thank you today, Lord God, for this scripture. We pray that you open our hearts today, Lord God, and, and apply this scripture to our lives. Thank you for being so good, and we bless your word, Lord God, in, in the lives of each one of us, and help us to apply it. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So as you read this chapter, and if you do a little bit of research on Psalms 42, a lot of theologians believe that chapter 42 and chapter 43 are the same psalm, but divided in two. A lot of them say also, if you do a little bit of research, that the writer of this song was probably going through a deep depression, uh, going up and down emotionally, up and down, up and down, and going just through a lot of emotional turmoil in his or her life. But within the problems that he was facing, there was a desire in him to see God move in his life. Then he goes down a little bit again, but then he picks up himself again, and he goes up and down, up and down. But the first point that I want to share with you is that sometimes we are restless because our small taste of God leaves us hungering for more. And one thing that I want to show you today is how much the writer of this chapter really desired God. Verse 1 says, as the deer pants for stream of water, so my soul pants of you, my God, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? One of the things that I want to share with you is that back in the day before Jesus, uh, the way people worship was they used to go to the temple to worship. There was only one temple in Israel. There were not a lot of churches, you know, like, like we have, you know, today, or, or synagogues, you know, like they have now. There was only one temple where people would go and worship God and feel the presence of God. So the person who wrote this chapter, he was missing what it was to be in the presence of God in the temple. So that's why he is saying, uh, verse 3, my tears have been my food day and night. 
how many of you guys have gone through a situation in which you cry day and night? You cry day and night. I have. And he says, while people say to me all day long, where is your God? Sometimes, you know, our thoughts, sometimes people who are non-believers, uh, I don't know if you had somebody say, oh, did God answer your prayer? People who don't believe in God, you know, they challenge you, where is your God? Where is the big God that you talk about? So this is what the writer of this chapter, you know, was feeling. But he says in verse, um, in verse uh, 2, uh, when can I go and meet with God? When can I go to the temple? So let me, let me share with you a little bit about what they used to believe in John chapter 4. And I asked Malathy if she could uh, put these verses in the scripture. Because when Jesus was preaching the gospel, the Bible says, so the book of John says that Jesus stopped at a well so that he would talk to a woman. And this woman was from Samaria. And, you know, Samaritans and Jews didn't really get along because they had a lot of differences, cultural and theological differences. So when Jesus starts talking to this woman uh, in chapter 4, verse 19, she already has a sense that the person who is talking to her is a prophet. She doesn't know the Messiah yet, but she feels this man has a lot of power in what he says. So she says in verse 19, she says, Sir, uh, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Verse 20, our ancestors worship on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is Jerusalem. So she's talking about location, the importance of location. Uh, verse 21, woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship uh, the Father, neither or neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. And then Jesus says, verse 23, Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers that the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. So now we know that in the New Testament, we don't care that much about location because the New Testament says that we are the temples. We are worshiping temples. So it's a little different, but I wanted to give you just a perspective of how important it was for the person who wrote this psalm to be in the presence of God. When he asked himself the question in verse number two, when can I go and meet with God? Let me tell you that one of the things we need to pray for in this church is brokenness. One of the things that we need to pray for in our relationship with God is telling God, God, I really want to desire you. No matter what's going on in my life, I want to desire to be in your presence. If you go down to verse number four, the writer says, These things I remember as I pour out my soul, 
how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the Almighty One. With shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. So he is describing what an experience it is to go and be in the presence of God. Let me tell you something, beautiful church, from my heart. I usually don't look up, you know, when, when, when I'm worshiping uh, because I just like to focus. You know, I, I don't like to get distracted. Whatever happens, you know, in, in the back, that's Lord, you know. But I hope that we are all worshiping when the worship is going on. Because the chapter here, the writer says in verse number four, how I used to go to the house of God. And he says, I remember with shouts of joy and praise. Do you guys believe what the Bible says or do you believe what I say? The Bible, right? So the writer says, when I go to church, I am shouting, Woo! Woo! Oh my gosh, church! Pastor Henry, this is so exciting! Oh my goodness! It's about five minutes to start. Where's everybody? Where's everybody? Today is the day of worship. Today is the, the day that the Lord has made. God is good. Woo! 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 I have seen some people, not from this church yet, but I have seen some Christians, how excited they get when their team scores either a goal or a touchdown. But we come here on Sunday, sometimes, and please, this is not personal to anybody. I'm just speaking generally because I don't look back. But we come here sometimes on Sunday, like, sometimes like if we're mad at somebody. <laughs> well, the preacher right here, the one who wrote the psalm says, I remember, does it hurt you when you miss church? Does it hurt in your heart when you go a week without praying, without reading the scripture? If you don't feel that, we need to pray for brokenness. Because now we don't have to go to our main temple to worship God. Now we can come here. Now we can do it where you are. I was having a lot of problems, you know, long time ago in my job, and, and I was praying and praying and, and just a lot of opposition, you know, and a lot of things. And I, and I said to myself, and I said it aloud, I said, you know what, devil? If, if you're messing up with me right here at work, I'll give you two weeks to get out of here. <laughs> two week notice. Because if you keep messing up with me, I promise you, I will start a life group at 12 p.m. in my own job. And I will do it in front of everybody. And I will invite the whole company. You know what? Things started to get solved like this <laughs> in my work. This last week, uh, we had Thanksgiving lunch. And I don't tell people, you know, I'm a Christian. I don't, I don't know how they have found out, but... Uh, human resources came to me and they said, Franklin, can you give grace or say grace, you know, during, uh, before our lunch? And I said, sure. So people were like, oh my gosh, are you going to pray? What are you going to say? I'm like, I don't know. We'll see. So there were like 75 employees in a very small room. And I started praying 
And I was so amazed that after the prayer, everybody started clapping and clapping and clapping for like five minutes. I couldn't believe it was like revival coming down on 75 people who don't know the Lord. Why? Because people are hungry for God. I tell, I told the executives of my company, the scripture says in the book of Deuteronomy, do not forget the Lord your God because it is he who gives you the ability to create wealth. Let's take God into account in this company. And everybody was so touched. But my question for you today is, do you feel that desire? If you don't feel it, then ask for it. Go for it. Because I think, you know, verse, verse 5 says, why my soul? And I want to go to the second point. We're restless sometimes because of our problems cause us to doubt God's promises. So sometimes we have so many problems, and then with the problems that we have, we get invaded, and then we don't have time to reflect about what God can do, what God is doing, what God did, or, or what God wants to do. But in verse 5, he says, why, my soul, are you downcast? How many of you guys are good at giving yourself a pep talk when you feel down, when you feel sad? Because sometimes, you know, people will not be there. It'll be nice to get a phone call, you know, from Pastor Henry, uh, like on a Monday at 10 a.m. Hey, just wanted to, you know, pray for you and bless your whole week. May you be 100% productive, competitive, efficient in everything you do. Wow, what a great blessing. But sometimes we can't call anybody, so you have to do it yourself. And the writer says, why, my soul, are you downcast? And he says, why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior, and my God. That's what I believe we need to be doing when you are facing something hard and difficult in your life. Yes, let's admit, okay, I'm going through a tough situation. Okay, I'm going through a very dark time in my life. Yes. Okay, there's a lot of opposition in my life. Yes. Okay, I'm feeling a little depressed today. Yes, but you know what? Franklin, you know what? Charles, you know what? David, put your trust in the Lord and keep praising him because he is God. Whatever you feel today, whether you feel joyful or you feel like your problems are taking over you, look what he did. He says, verse, verse 6, my soul is downcast within me. I remember when I first came to the United States, I was very surprised. And I think I'm very Americanized now, but um, I remember that, I don't know, those of you who, who have come from another country, I used to go to people and say, hey, hey man, how are you? And people will respond back, good, how are you? And I would say, oh, good, good, good. And then I would go to the next person, hey, how's it going? Oh, great, how are you? I was like, good. And, and I started to notice, wow, I said, after, after a month, it seems like everybody is good here. Like nobody has problems because in other countries, in other countries, when you ask somebody, hey, Pastor Henry, how are you doing? People are allowed to say, oh, I'm, I'm not doing well, you know, to be honest. What about you? Oh, I'm good. And what's going on with you? And then we start a talk. And if it's possible, then we pray for each other. But, you know, you ask people, everybody is sometimes afraid to say exactly how they feel. But you know what? Verse 6, he's saying, so, so I'm not saying hide your struggle. We don't, we don't want you to do that. Uh, remember, verse 6 says, my soul is downcast within me. Therefore, 
Oh my gosh, I love that word. I will remember you. Remember God when you are facing something really hard and difficult in your life. Don't think that God has forgotten about you. It is you who has to remember God. And he's saying, therefore, I will remember you from the land of the Jordan to the heights of Hermon, from the Mount Misar. Verse 7, deep close the deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves are breakers have swept over me. I like how he describes um, the waves and the breakers. Have you guys had an experience before where you go to the beach and uh, you go a little bit too far? I heard stories here in the church, uh, a couple of people that have the courage to go a little far in the breaker, and then people from outside are like, come back a little bit more because they get scared. But I don't know, I, I was in a, I used to like to be in the breaker before until I was going to drown, and then I said I'm not going, doing that anymore. But what I noticed is the breaker in the ocean, if you don't want to get hit, Either you jump and you go with, with all your, your strength or you just dive into it and then you come out on the other side. And the person who wrote this psalm, he's saying, deep close to deep in the roar of your waterfalls, all your waves and breakers have swept over me. So he's feeling like knocked down. Verse 8, by day the Lord directs his love. Now he's recognizing again who God is. By day the Lord directs his love. At night his song is with a prayer to the God of my life. So do you guys, do you guys see the pattern? There's problems in the life of this person. There's depression. There's desperation. Uh, hopelessness can come into his life. But he's telling himself, but I will remember God. I will remember who God is. And I will praise him no matter what. Because he is my God. He is my king. Then... Verse 9, later on, he says, I say to God, my rock. You know why I like this verse, verse 9? Oh, my gosh. I feel like a black preacher today. <laughs> you know why I love, I love this verse? Because verse 9, I say to God, my rock. He is giving a compliment to God. He's saying something by faith. In, in a few seconds before, he's explaining how he feels. But he dives into the wave or under the wave. And he tells God, I say to God, my rock. So in the middle of discouragement... He stands up and he starts encouraging and complimenting God and saying, God, you are my rock. How do you guys feel when somebody gives you a compliment? Pastor Henry, what, what is the best compliment anyone has given you? Whoa. <laughs> Whoa? Wow, that's a good one. Oh, no, that, that was the word. What's the best compliment somebody has given you? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Let's go here, Lantu. When, when was the last time someone gave you a compliment? Students that you were beautiful? How long ago was that? Last week. 
How did that make you feel? Surprise? Surprise as in good or bad? Good? Okay. Um, Keto, when, when, what's the best compliment anyone has given you? Okay. And, and when was the last time somebody told you that? Hilda? That's great. Thank you, Hilda. So this is my point. How do we understand how deep the love of this person is for God, even though he is in a struggle? He's telling God, God, you are my rock. I mean, I'm, I'm drowning here, but you are my rock. And then he says, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning? So he's not accusing God. He's expressing oppressed by the enemy. And then he starts going again. My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day, where is your God? And then verse 11. I want to leave you with this verse. In the third point, we're restless because our salvation has not yet being completed sometimes uh, we may feel you know disappointed because we don't see the process of God complete in our life but look what he says in verse 11 he again he does that about two or three times why my soul are you downcast why why so disturbed within me and then he ends by saying put your hope in God for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Whatever you're going through today, you need to put your hope in God and continue praising him. Just because you have problems, that doesn't mean you need to, to stop coming to church. Just because, you know, there's a lot of struggles in your life. That doesn't mean that you stop going to the life group. Make a decision today, church, just like Joshua told the Israelites. He said, today, you got to decide today, right now, are you guys going to serve the gods, the gods of your ancestors, or the gods of these people over here, or are you going to serve God? So make a decision today, but me and my household, we will serve the Lord. So whatever you're going through today, why not making a decision right now? Lord, I'm going through this, but I'm putting my hope in you, and I will continue to praise you. And give compliments to God. God, you are my God. You are my rock. Some of you haven't heard a compliment in a long, long, long time. What about God? Let's pray. Oh, Lord, we want to give you the best compliment today, Lord God, as we end up this service. And that compliment is that you are a beautiful father. You are the best father. You care for us. You love us. You love us so much that the scripture says that you sent your only son to die for us on the cross. Lord God, whatever we're going through today, whether it is finances, whether it is health, whether it is family issues, whether it is um, 
physical, emotional, spiritual, you are bigger. You are greater. Lord God, we put our hope in you and we will still praise you and worship you with shouts. Uh, just like the psalmist said, with shouts into the temple and with that attitude of worshiping you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, because we may be down for a, for a time, but we go and dive under that wave and come up champions on the other side because you are our God and our rock. God bless.